0: Welcome to the Impactful Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Clark. For the last decade, I've had the privilege of learning from impactful leaders across the globe through my service in the Peace Corps and nonprofits. Their leadership has inspired me to highlight those among us who are truly impacting our world so that we may learn from them and be more impactful together. Yes, leadership can be learned. The guests on our show are providing direction, inspiration, and leading the way in their business and community through service. Are you ready to have an impact? Welcome to the Impactful Leaders Podcast. Thank you so much for being here, Ted. Um, Yeah, thank you, I'll let you talk first.
1: Yeah, hey, Andrew, thanks for having me. When we first connected some weeks ago, there was a pretty instant connection, so great to be here. Yeah, I'm really
0: excited that you're here. uh, one of the main reasons why I started this podcast is to talk to people like you. I'm at the beginning of my entrepreneurship journey. So EOS is very new on my radar. We're starting to hire people. We're building out those systems. So that's where I need to go back into Gene Wick Wickman's book and really yeah. dig into it. Um, you recently wrote the book, Stop Chasing Squirrels. I did. Kind of digging into like uh, trying to find your purpose, why you're doing what you're doing, helping other and you'll talk about your mission a little bit later, but could you explain a little bit about how you got to learning about EOS systems, being one of the community leaders at EOS worldwide? Yep. And then what kind of crafted that journey on how you came up with your mission and writing this book of Stop Chasing Squirrels?
1: Yeah, yeah, great. Well, a great, great, uh, the great segue, Andrew. <laughs> and uh yeah, so for me, my my background, 25 I used to, I used to say 20 years, but now I'm doing the math. It's actually 25 years, which is kind of crazy. I've been a serial entrepreneur. So started uh, six, six businesses, four of them successful, two learning opportunities, I like to say, <laughs> and. As I was, I'd always used some form of business system, like just just some way of running our business so that it worked, you know kind of predictably and try to keep things in order because it's chaos, as you know, as you're starting out on mm-hmm. your journey. and 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 one of the, uh, I guess serendipitous moments that happened in my life is uh, I'm a member of the Entrepreneurs Organization, which is a global organization of entrepreneurs. And Gino Wickman, you'd mentioned uh, the author of Traction. Gino came to speak, yeah, there it is. He came to speak to us, my chapter, my, my local EO chapter. And um, I, I just loved the way that he presented the material in a simple way, a practical way, that I could, I I could connect the dots to I said, you know, of all the business systems I've used, this one seems to be the simplest and most complete, or at least that I could see completely, without you know, getting into all the complexities, right. So I was exiting my last business shortly after this, I was using some of the tools that that you know eos the book is traction the system is called eos the entrepreneurial operating system i was using some of the tools and i guess i got on a list somehow and eos worldwide reached out to me and asked if i'd ever considered implementing it professionally and i didn't even know it was a thing so i looked into it and i jumped in and i got trained to do it uh and this was seven years ago now andrew and so I've been doing EOS implementation for seven years. I've now I've done over 700 full day sessions with leadership teams oh, yeah. and I got approached so early in my EOS career, uh, Mike Payton, who is one of Gino's first closest kind of collaborators with mm-hmm. EOS. He co um, get a grip which is a story version of traction. Basically, I'm going to write that down. Actually. Yeah. Get a, get a grip. Mike Payton and Gino Wickman wrote that. And Mike was, uh, he goes by Payton. So if he hears this, I should probably call him by the way he likes to be called. So (laughs) I'll call him Payton. And uh, he uh, he was taking over from Gino as the visionary of EOS worldwide. So Gino was sort of stepping away from more of the operational work in EOS and wanting just to do implementation work. So, so Peyton took over for him and um, as EOS worldwide was growing, uh, they needed more people, which became community leaders like me to um, help grow different regions so because gino's from detroit all of the quarterly meetings that we would have as implementers would be in detroit well it started to get too big too many implementers so they they wanted to go to the i guess the west uh so denver is where they decided to to expand to Mm -hmm. and that's when peyton just tapped me on the shoulder and say hey would you would you run our quarterly meetings in denver and would you would you take? Would you train people to do this? And uh, so I was. He only, he knows he, the story was pretty hilarious when he offered it to me. I was like, really? Like I'm the best choice you have. <laughs>
0: you had that imposter syndrome. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's sort of uh, like
0: yeah. It was a podcast I was listening to a little bit ago, and he was talking about one of his main issues, like when he was trying to find a girlfriend or one he got to that point, and they got yeah. him on the date they're like. He said, just to me, how high are your standards? Really?
1: Yeah. Right. Exactly.
0: Like that imposter syndrome.
1: Yeah. How did you get over that?
0: How, what happened
1: after he asked you to do it? It, it, Well, so how I got over it was at that point, it was now, now it was a little scary, Andrew. Now I'm, it it sounded good in the beginning when he first asked me if I was interested. Okay. I'm not going to say no to opportunities, yeah. I really didn't think, I really didn't think it was going to happen. And, and then, so when he, when he told me, I'm going, Oh crap. Now I, now I'm in one. <laughs> now I have to <laughs> actually, I got, I got to follow through. So how I got over it was <clears throat> it, there was a lot of pressure taking taken off because he said, you don't have to worry about this for about a year. Yep. Right. So there's a long runway and this, this, this is one thing that of all the things that EOS does for companies, watching how Gino managed his transition as visionary and the succession planning to do it well, it, there's something to be learned there because giving that year took a lot of pressure off. And he said, you don't really have to do anything right now, Ted, just become a little bit better known in the community. Cause you're going to now need to kind of take that, because I'd sort of flown under the radar. That's not my natural nature to just be out there. Yeah. So that's all I had to do So I just stood up a little bit more in meetings. I just, you know, raised, you know, voice my opinions more. And then the training, uh, Peyton just took a real vested interest to make sure I was going to be successful. And so he went above and beyond to prepare me for my first experience to be in front of the community and train people. So the, the short answer is the support I felt and the confidence that I was you know, given uh, in me was the biggest reason how I got over the imposter syndrome.
0: Did you already have your mission by that point? If, could you mention what your mission was that you mentioned in the book? yeah uh, kind of like your purpose your why and did you already have that established by this point
1: I think I had it noodling around in my head yeah. or just kind of it was there but I couldn't articulate it at that time I couldn't I I was starting to I think that EOS work so when I started to do the EOS work I it it it's I really started to gain confidence that I was in the right place so that, that was starting to form. And then this was just sort of leveling up. So I couldn't quite articulate it at that time, but I was pretty darn close to being able to articulate it. Yeah. Could
0: you articulate, could you mention what your, what your purpose is?
1: Yes. It's inspiring achievers and I'll define achievers in a moment, uh, to, um, achieve success on purpose that's it that's yeah. my that's my purpose that's my mission and I use the word achievers not in a in a sense of they've already achieved something yeah. or high achievers but that they wish to right they're they 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 see themselves as wanting to grow wanting mm-hmm. to learn and Looking so those out. are the yeah yeah those are the people that i really and i want to inspire them and i was thinking about this this morning Andrew, because i was talking to someone else about this today and eos is about helping entrepreneurs and leadership teams get what they want from their business Mm -hmm. and it's true it literally helps them do that so i thought about changing my You might, the wording of my purpose, instead of inspiring, should I say help? Would that be better? You know, you're always sort of thinking these things. And then I thought about it this morning and it's like, no, actually inspires the right word because I just want to conversations like you and I are having right now. If in any way it motivates you to take a step in this direction, then my time has been well spent and I, so I can spend my time in my purpose most of the time that way. And then how did you come up
0: with the idea of writing this book? I guess, was it just to, you wanted to, do you have a plan to write other books that kind of build on top of this? Isn't this sort of the foundation
1: and then you're going to build on top of it? Now I do. Okay. Now I do, but not necessarily when I, before I wrote this, you know, my, I I believe in, um, I believe in intentionality, but serendipitous intentionality, we can, we can, we can kind of put out there what we want, but we don't know how that's going to manifest itself, even no matter how many goals we set. Right. Mm -hmm. And for me, I think it was probably when I was about 30, maybe 25 years old. So about 25 years ago, narcissistically, okay. I I had this idea in my head. I'm going to write a book one day and it's going to be about me because people are going to really think my story is pretty cool. (laughs) And so I I put it out there to the universe. I'm going to write a book at the time. I thought it would be about my interesting life. And, but I didn't do anything about it, you know, because as I kind of gained more wisdom, I realized that it's, who, who cares about me? But is there something else I could maybe share? And so the reason the book came to be is connecting the dots to me starting to do this EOS work, the community leadership work, and more specifically training people to do this work. I started to get a, I was lucky because I, I got to see a little bit under the hood as to how Gino built EOS. And I thought it was kind of brilliant that sort of the, the, how it came to be. And then I realized that I, I can expand what I'm doing with my EOS clients a little bit, or at least what I was seeing Mm -hmm. when these owners or entrepreneurs were using EOS and their business was, was sort of getting under control it now allowed them time to sort of put a mirror up and look at their own lives. And in many cases, it was it freaked some of them out because they'd spent so much of their life being about their business wrapped up in that. And, and I saw a lot of my insecurities in them before I started to do this work. And I figured, Mm -hmm. you know what, I think I could write a book to help them. And that's where the first sort of now I, for the first time I said, OK, I'm going to write a book and it's actually designed to help someone else, you know, not about me. And I actually had some content that I felt would be valuable. So that's where that.
0: Yeah, I feel like was. with your book, it really should be one of the first things you you do instead of because it's e- I don't want to say easy, but it's a, a bit easier to go through this book put together those like systems and those processes and you do all of that. And then at, at the end of the day, I believe the first time we spoke, I, when it comes to like goals is you will always get to that point where it's like, I want to lose 20 pounds. Okay. You get the 20 pounds. And if that's just the number you're going to feel empty after, or yeah. I just want the business to become profitable. Then there's something else. Like you just, you can hit these numeral like monetary goals. And when you get there, it's just going to be empty. So yeah. these, what your book was really about is that journey, like that cliche thing we always hear about, like you want to enjoy the journey and you know, all, whatever other yeah. cheesy thing you
1: want to say. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what I found about, you know, cliches or things you hear over and over again, at some point and you got, well, maybe there's some truth to these things. Right. <laughs> and, uh, but you're right. I, I um, what, what's been an interesting byproduct, I think of the book where I mentioned who I was originally writing it for. And quite frankly, it is for those that you've, you hit the nail on the head, you set some target or some goal and you reach it. And then, then very soon thereafter, it's like, okay, is that it? You know, now mm-hmm. what I do set the next one. I, you know, I throw the baton further down the, down the road and go chase it again. And this becomes this endless thing. And so I, 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 um, I what's come out of the book now is there's been a real interest to your point. What if you did this upfront? What if you from a, when you're just starting to make some decisions on where you should spend yeah. your time and your energy earlier in your journey, if you could get this figured out earlier in your journey, you'll go a lot further, a lot faster because you'll, you'll, you'll have a compass basically. And a and a filtering system to make some decisions on what is the best decisions for you. And uh, so I'm 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 developing a talk that is. Uh, I learned this. I have a coach that's my uh, he helps me. He's a speaking coach, and he's and he he's helping me create a talk because I've never done that before. I deliver yeah. EOS talks, but this one's <laughs> mine, right? So. He, what I learned is I said, well, how am I going to do a talk on the book? And he goes, well, tell you're not there's, first of all, there's probably 12 different talks that are going to come out of your book. So plus nothing will upset your audience more, especially if they've read your book, that they show up to hear you talk and you're just basically reading the book to them. I said, oh, okay, that's interesting. And so I've picked a segment out to do this first talk and it's all about leadership development. And because that's where I'm seeing this, this the application of, of uncovering your purpose, staying on track with it, yep. the application is developing leaders and developing yourself as a leader. So that's going to be my first little niche or niche that I'm going to kind of carve out of the book to try to build a talk around it. And we'll see how it goes. I love that. That's because yeah. I think I, in the
0: book, you mentioned that the book is a step-by-step system to uncover your hidden passion i think is the way you worded it Mm -hmm. um and you mentioned like the temp check like what are some of those things you recommend to people to try if they're not working with a coach like yourself because the difficult thing i i struggle with this and i've been through so many of these different things when i went to nicaragua i really had to force it and then Mm -hmm. i had a career switch while i was in nicaragua i went Mm -hmm. to peru came back to the states all of it wasn't really dictated on my terms so i really had to like analyze myself, like, what the hell am I going to do? Yeah. So I can only imagine for someone that doesn't, and I'm not even close to an expert. So like, if you don't have any of those know-hows, what are some of those tips on how to go through this, this system?
1: Yeah. So though I break it down, um, there's, there's three, three buckets. So let's, let's call it three buckets and, and, uh, what you've just described about your experience, would be in um, probably related to bucket one and and bucket two. And I'll talk about bucket three, because you're now starting to move into bucket three in your life. So bucket one is your past, right? So bucket one would be those things that have formed you to this point. your experiences right where you we were talking earlier about what kind of a you know what a sense of humor is like in the northeast versus in the southeast right so all (laughs) of these things are relevant they're they're part of your past and that's bucket one and i'll talk about how we have to um, utilize that material it's like cannon fodder we should use it And then there's the bucket two, which is your sort of where you are right now. So your sort of present self and everything that goes with that, the good, the bad and the ugly. Yeah. And then bucket three is this wonderful idea of what your future is going to be. And the great thing about bucket three is you can make it whatever you want. This is where that uh, I, you know, dream. This is where the dreams sort of live. So the work that that someone who is you can do this on your own. You do not need a coach for it. You just need to be committed to it. Now you need to be committed to to continuing to learn. That would really be the mm-hmm. there's 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 the prerequisite for this. Take some time just to reflect on the past, and I I I use this in the book. It's it's there are six common drivers that. I identified in my research that often form us. And maybe this was some of the, there were things driving you to, to want to go to South America, right? Mm -hmm. There's a little bit of what, what, what was in your, your past that led you to this seeking. And we all have these examples in our life and the drive, the drivers that there are lots of them, but the most common that I found were jealousies can be a driver. Oh. Uh, fear can be a driver, uh, anger and resentment,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, materialism. And there's also the need for approval, right. Or people pleasing. And you hear those and it's, oh, those, those don't sound very positive. <laughs> <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't sound good. Uh, and guilt guilt's the sixth. And there, and I know that I, if I go through my inventory of certain decisions I've made in my life, I can point to every single one of those at different times that were causing me. I mean, we're human. We're human. Right. So it's important to recognize are, are some of these have some of these drivers led us, led us to the, the the place where we are, where we're, we're maybe not very, um, uh, content, right. We just, Mm -hmm. and that's why we're always trying other stuff because these, they haven't led us to the place that we should be. And so the first step is acknowledging these drivers and not pushing them away, not denying them, right? They, they have formed us. Some of them have formed us for the good, but it's also a recognition that being driven. And this, this was my aha moment in writing the book, Andrew, being driven implies we're not in control and as i thought about that i thought oh man have i been i used to wear being driven as a as a badge of honor you know i'm gonna i'm gonna work the hardest i'm gonna you know stay up the latest i'm right and that is hard that's hard work and i think that inherently leads to that problem of setting a goal driving to something at all costs getting to it and then if you're that driven well you know that's not going to be enough right so it it occurred to me that oh maybe driven isn't what I want and this was a big sort of mental battle I had with myself because a lot of my identity was wrapped up in this and I said what if not driven then what And that's where I came up with guided. Right. So for your listeners, I would encourage them to look at those drivers, see where those drivers have really been controlling them and not the other way around. Yeah. And then choose to be guided. Because that's a choice you're making. And when we follow something, typically, we're following it because we believe it's in our best interest. And so be guided instead of driven, I guess, is the yep. sort of the point. And then, of course, the next question that, that comes after that usually is, well, then guided by what? Because there are things that probably guide you off a cliff, right? So yep. yep. be careful. And this is where the definition or purpose comes in. Purpose or passion or reason for being. And that's where an inventory and I, the temps, as you'd mentioned, I call it the mm-hmm. temperature check. Who are you right now? So take an inventory of your talents and these have got, you really have to think of these. This, a lot of us think we're better than we are, okay, at things, but they're, 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 everyone's better than average, right? Isn't that, yeah. everyone's above average. Um, but there are gonna be some things. There, there are a handful, like two or three really true talents that you have. You gotta, you gotta investigate this. You have to ask other people like, what, what comes easy to me? Do you think that I'm really good at? No, it might surprise you, right? Yeah. Ask 10 friends what your talents are and you might be surprised what they say, cause you take them for granted. Yeah. Right? The other Isn't thing it?
0: that I loved about what, your book, when you were talking about that, it's like, you're not just sitting down with a piece of paper and you're trying to think of this, you specifically say, give yourself a day or two, or give yourself some time to really like mull over it, like do some yeah. research and yeah. then continue on with the book. It's not just, okay, pause, do your homework
1: and then continue. It's like, you really have to, it's not something you can just no. do like that. No, they're there. And this is what's coming. I haven't created it yet, but I'm working on some tools that will help people organize that their thoughts because it is yep. a process, right? That so those tools are coming. So talents is one Then then the E in temps is experiences. So just like your experiences, all of family vocation, uh, you know, the good experiences, the bad experiences, what subjects did you love? What subjects did you hate? Like all of this is good material. And then the in the M is motivation. So really, what motivates you, right? If you really think about w- why you get out of bed in the morning, what are you motivated to do that day, that that week, that month, your motivations, P is personality. So a lot of different assessments on helping us understand how we're wired and then strengths. So what have you worked on? What is, has life given you where they've thrown some, life has thrown opportunities in front of you that you've kind of, you've, you've, you've bared down and you've learned a, a skill or you've learned a capability. Those are worthy attributes to include in your temperature check all of those really form your, a lot of your uniqueness is, is in there. Yeah. And that is how we want to start to think about are the decisions I'm making and the professions I'm choosing, the friends I'm choosing, are they complementing all of these things or are they running against these things? So that's, that's the inventory of, that gives us a good clue as to where we should be spending our time, vocation, careers. You know, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, entrepreneur and what, right. Just yeah. starting a business for the sake of it. And then the third bucket. So that future you is, this is where you get to create your, your canvas. This is your blank canvas. And so I, there are um, core values. So what are your, what's really true and valuable to you? Uh, what are your priorities going to be so really be intentional about where is your priorities going to be family are they going to be money is it going to be helping others like this is important stuff and then what is your um what is your message going to be so what are you prepared to share because i believe we all have a message and if you're prepared to stand on a on the highest mountain and shout it out and not worry <laughs> whether or not people are listening okay because some will yeah many won't but some will and then who are you looking to serve what's your community what community are you trying to help so that's the future when it
0: comes to the motivation part this what you're talking about right now i feel like when you come to a certain point in your life you're eventually going to feel more comfortable questioning and being actually honest with yourself maybe not i don't know but for someone that's younger, just a younger entrepreneur. Yeah. How, like when you do those uh, voice assessments, the who you are assessments, how do you actually, people may think, Oh, family's at my core value. Yeah. That's what they think because they, they think in their head I, that should be there. It may yes. not be there. You're still like, or you said yeah. driven me being like, just I'm driven. I'm motivated yep. in that way. Like, how do you actually, we don't have to spend too much time on this, but. Yeah, and to walk through that, so it's an honest, like an evaluation on yourself, because yeah, that's where it's really hard to like truly identify that.
1: Yeah, it it is, and, and Andrew, I think this probably the biggest thing to know about doing the going through this process is over time it will change. Mm-hmm. You know, if this is not a This is not because you've assessed yourself in a certain way at a certain age, Accept that that's your, that's your reality and that's okay. And I'll give you an example. I would have had, you know, my my younger me would have had writing down what my priorities are going to be. Family definitely would have been in there. Mm -hmm. And I would have traced that back in some ways to a driver because I came from a broken family. You know, my, my father was, was an alcoholic and he was abusive and I swore that I would never be that. Yeah. And I, so there was some, there was a little bit of, um, my experience that was that kind of said, well, family has to be important. Mm-hmm. And by all measures, I hope, you know, if I ask my kids this now, my old, my, you know, my, my 19 and 22 year old, <laughs> what would they say? Uh, but when I recently did this this work myself, Andrew, I I actually had to have a sobering second thought: as was family really my priority? And if I looked at my actions over the over the course of the last maybe not the last five years, but probably the ten years before that, yeah, I traveled a lot. I I sometimes would put business before family. I, you know, I was away. Yeah. And so really deep down, I don't think family was my priority. I think family was important. And my actions were designed so I would have a good happy family. Mm -hmm. But truly, you know, where I spent my time was probably not congruent with what I thought was important.
0: Yeah, what you were stating.
1: Yeah. So it did, doesn't mean that I didn't have a great family. I didn't have good, but yeah, I was yeah. being more true to myself. Right. And not trying to be something that maybe some, I think someone else wants me to be. So that's probably the single biggest tip I would give anyone actually at any age doing this, but certainly younger. OK, it's one thing to say family, but then really inspect where your time and energy is being actually spent. And that'll be a good clue to if you're, if you're fooling yourself or not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause so many people say the reason is this. Okay. You, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and be okay with it. I think this is probably the biggest, the biggest factor. One of the biggest factors, we have to be kind with ourselves. We, we, we have to, this, If you, if you, if you buy into the fact that that we're constantly moving towards uh, imperfection, then we we can give ourselves a break and not, not feel bad or, or feel guilty that we're not what somebody else thinks we should be, or what society tells us we should be. I believe that the core, we're all, we are all, there is a purity at our core and the things that go on around us can sometimes, you know, confuse our, our perception of ourselves. And so, you know, it's again, another cliche, but, uh, be true to thyself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And, uh, but it's not easy to do. That's a lot easier said than done.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. No, thank you for sharing all that. Um, it's just. I've had that issue myself where I, especially being in the South now, everyone always talks about family and this and that. And there were times where I struggled where should I put that on my list? But Uh I know I'm, that's honestly not probably the highest thing on my list. So that was
1: something. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to, uh, how do you, how do you, um, how do you reconcile that in a, in a community that values, or maybe here's the other thing, right? Like, this is the other (laughs) thing to look at, Andrew, you can also, without judging, you know, watch others that are suggesting that this is a certain way you should Uh be and then see how they're doing, you know, and and, uh, and then you just can, you know, maybe that person is, boy, I really wish, you know, Andrew, you, you are more family focused, but really what they wish is that they were more family focused. Yeah. Right. And so, um, yeah, I, I I think whatever it is that you, you see for yourself, and if you get clear on that, that, that why, you know, and, and knowing this is what you're moving towards. If right now, Family isn't a part of that equation, then family, then it, then family's not going to serve you, right? If you're really clear on that, and uh, maybe it never will, but maybe it will. But for today, spend your time on the things you really feel are going to, you know, move you towards, you know, towards the direction that you, 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 that destination you're looking for, and surround your people. So surround yourself with people that. Not, not, not that are always just going to agree with you because oh, right? no. you just, right. But surround yourself with people where it, you know, inspected and challenging. And I'll, I'll give you an example on this. I'm, I love this conversation that we're, we're having, and I love the perspective that we're having too, because you and I are at different, you know, stages of the journey. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I might be a little bit, I just happen to have a few more years, Like, so, but you're on, you're on yours. Uh, I am so interest open when I hear the interest. So you, so you have this interest in, in what I'm writing about and what I'm talking about. I, I want to learn from you how, you know, the, the, the 53 year old version of me right now, and how old are you, Andrew? 30. So I'm talking to, and in a way I'm talking to me 23 years ago right yeah. <laughs> what what you're able to do for me is give me the perspective of what i'm saying from a 30-year-old's point of view and that's valuable because i have the benefit of 23 years and kind of i can look uh, on you that i can look back and i had to go through this you know these some of these rough patches yeah if I can understand and meet you where you are at 30 with what I know at 53 and be open enough to find a way to communicate in a way that you're going to take action, the only way I'm going to learn that is by having these kind of conversations. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the same for you with family. If you are spending you know time with people that you see have carved out family and they have found family as being a valuable part of their life, you're going to decide on whether or not that's the right thing for you. But if, as long as you're open to it and not just, you know, closing the door and we're just using family because you brought it up, but it could be anything at all. And, And then you'll start to find, I think, Andrew, that it'll, you will start to spend the time with people that you can learn from That you see as being a model for where you want to be, and that'll just you know as long as you're open to it and and actively trying to pursue it, in which your podcast is going to give you a great platform for that, (laughs) um, you're going to move fast. Yeah, I I wish I had that. Quite frankly, twenty three years years ago. The other thing is,
0: what's that saying? Not to bring it back to monetary, but just for the example of, if you thought making I think like hundred dollars was tough at a hang around people that make a hundred thousand dollars or whatever that saying is where hanging around with people that are doing what you want to do. Eventually it's not going to seem that hard or that impossible.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah.
0: So you start surrounding yourself with people like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the benefit of what I've been able to partner with other people who have aid marketing agencies. They're, uh, some of them are even younger than me, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're, further along on their entrepreneurial journey mm-hmm. specifically and in their business doing quite well. And I've been able to learn, do this, this, and this, and this, and this, I'm making my own, like I'm fucking up along the way on my own and my own right. But <laughs> I was able to speedball this other way, take the shortcut. I yep. made my own fumbles and then eventually get like, we've been growing quickly and it wouldn't have been if I wasn't surrounded by all these other people. Now speaking to people like you, it's easy. <laughs> to
1: <laughs> well look at the the the, the opportunity that presents and you know it, it's we can we can accelerate our 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 growth by doing exactly as you've just explained see what has worked for others and what hasn't worked for others and uh, we don't have to make those same mistakes the you know if, if we're open to to learning. And here's another factor that I think is really an important one that I wish I had learned a little earlier. And it's um, if you we talked a little bit about it as surrounding ourselves with people that we that we can learn from and that motivate us and encourage us and inspire us. There also there's people we want to surround ourselves with that we can help too, right? Mm -hmm. that we can serve others. And then there's another, you know, I'm kind of formulating this as I'm thinking it through. There, there's a group of people that, will, that we need in order to complement our capabilities mm-hmm. that we are collaborating with and being very mindful of who do we need in order for us to accomplish something that, may, that we're not really the best at. Right. We, we, we'll need, and, and this learning this early and forming these collaborations early and having this abundance mindset that if, you know, I'm willing to give something away here because I know two and two is going to equal six, uh, is, is. Cause for a long time I I operated off a bit of a scarcity mindset. I figured I'm going to, I got to hold my intellectual property close to my chest because if I tell somebody about it, they're going to steal my idea, you know, and then where will I be? Uh, I've learned that that's exactly opposite to what is the case. If we share it, there's a good chance someone else is gonna, you know, improve upon the idea, feed that back. And then it just grows. And I would say, I think your, your generation, I, I think is that comes more intuitively, I think there's that's a that's something that is definitely different from my Gen X uh, generation that I see more younger and which is so encouraging. Um, There seem to be a bit more abundance minded, a bit I think more even
0: younger than me. It's more of that. Yeah. Different. The Gen yeah. Z. Gen Z. From what yeah. I've heard, yeah. I read a report that Gen mm-hmm. Z are more, I don't know, I don't know the numbers, but they're more likely to work with someone, take a pay cut. I, the percentage, I don't know. Yeah. As long as that company is doing something that aligns with their quote unquote purpose or okay. their belief. So if it's like yeah. doing some sort of, social movement or whatever if they felt like it was doing a thing not just
1: like amazon yeah
0: they're willing to take a pay cut to go work there
1: okay and what about the millennials you think that applies to your age group and not so much i don't know the numbers but speak i don't know i think it could be 50 50 i think it depends on how you grew up
0: i think that one where like because we're we grew up with the internet but we also grew up without it so we're like in that weird spot where we have our parents who are grew up in the golden age you know quote where they were able to buy these homes
1: whatever and then where yeah i think it's 50 50. i don't know yeah okay
0: I yeah
1: that's interesting and and i had a i had a great discussion with uh uh a a millennial i mean look at the labels (laughs) with i should use their name i won't i but i said here here's here's my thing this this is this is what I think we need to do. We've, you know, the Gen Z's, I haven't even really been thinking about in terms of this, cause they're just sort of getting, getting themselves going, you know, yeah, don't,
0: we don't know yet.
1: Yeah. We don't know. But I, I, I thought, you know, here, what I see a lot of times and you're, you're an example of this, Andrew is you're, you're moving into, into positions and you're taking the entrepreneurial journey. So you're carving your own way. But even with that, you're you're looking to step into a i call it a seat like a seat mm-hmm. on the leadership team yeah that, that previous i know for me i would have had to wait till you know like 20 years because there was there was someone in the seat right they were gonna and they were yeah they were already there now there's all these opportunities right so there are all these potential leadership seats to 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 jump into and i just made the comment i said you know that's great because the opportunity's there but what happens when we have don't have the tools to be successful yeah. and so i was having a conversation uh and i said is it offensive to say you're not ready yet right would that be would that be off-putting to you as a you know as a 30 four-year-old saying, you know, you've got this opportunity to be the, whatever, the vice president, but now you might be being set up for failure because you haven't quite had the mentorship yet or the the tutelage or whatever it is. And she said, you know, it wouldn't be off-putting, but I would be disappointed because in my head, I'm ready. And-
0: (laughs) Going back to what you said before, we always, we're always above average.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and so I, I thought about that and I said, okay, well, how do I reach someone that they believe they're ready, they're not, probably, but keep that open so that they're prepared to uh-huh. acknowledge, okay, I'm not ready, teach me, what do I need to do to be ready? And so I this is something I'm, and but what you said about this the millennials being maybe 50-50, that tells me there's- maybe I feel tr- like I would be on the other end.
0: I feel like I need to be taught. Yeah. That, but that's just me because I'm, yeah. I'm a little bit more passive. I come from like a nonprofit background. My dad's from South Africa. My mom's a teacher. Yeah. So I don't know if it's the way I was raised to be. That's why I've struggled with the entrepreneurship journey because I am a little bit more passive. I'm not that, I'm contrary to you, when you were when you were my age. I'm not driven, driven, driven.
1: Yeah, yeah. in the
0: same sense of of what we were talking about. So I don't know yeah. what do you, if you were that age of whoever you were talking to, yeah. And you and you put yourself in that position. Do you don't you think you would have thought you were ready? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So I th- I don't for think sure. the I don't think that's a generation <laughs> thing. I think it's just uh,
1: yeah, think,
0: like you mentioned, where above we we always think of ourselves as above average.
1: Yeah, that's that's probably more. That's probably. That's absolutely right. I'm thinking of one particular job that I did have where I was, yeah, I was like, oh yeah, no, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. And then you get in and you're like, whoa, I might not have been so ready, you know? Yeah,
0: that's where, and I, I personally am working with how to not pull myself so back. Like say I had that opportunity. My gut reaction would be, I'm not ready for it. Uh, Even if I probably was. Yeah. I would probably say no so like i'm trying to learn where do i find that medium not going all the way saying i think i'm ready for any Mm -hmm. freaking thing that i'm i'm offered yeah but also not downplaying myself too like how do i find i tend to lean more on this side if that but that's just me like how i'm wired
1: well yes and i think that is when i mentioned in the um that third bucket, right? The core values, the priorities, the message. Uh, I think this is where the community comes in is who do you want to serve? And yeah. that, that the value set you just mentioned, Andrew is is very important, because I think someone that doesn't have that, not, not that there's any any doubt or lack of confidence, it's really more about I want to learn, I know I've got more to learn. As opposed to you can be confident and know you still have plenty to learn. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the community that at least for me, I want to find and I wanna connect with. And I know it won't and it's it and it isn't age related. It it's it's more in EOS we call this a psychographic profile, right? The right. what does someone value and care about? Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like growth oriented willing to be open and honest and vulnerable wants to grow right on open to learning. That's really yeah, it. That. Right. Find those for me, if I can, if I can connect with those people, I think that's, that's where the, the message will resonate. So that was helpful. Thank you for that. Yeah,
0: no, that that's really helpful. And I guess, before I let you go, when you were writing the book or coming up and doing your research, um, stop chasing squirrels. What was like the one thing that you took away that really changed something in your mind, like with what you brought to your EOS? Yeah. Birth?
1: So I, I, I mentioned, so I'm going to probably the number one thing was, as I mentioned at the beginning of our conversation and, choose to be guided instead of driven. I think that's, that's, that is the sentinel point for me from in the book but I've already said that. So I'll give you another one. (laughs) Um, it's it re it, it it all has to start. It has to start with purpose. And even in the book, I've identified six essentials, Mm -hmm. right? So the six essentials, your mind, your body, your soul, nutrition, money, and relationships. Yep. And what I'm seeing now, and I had a conversation this morning about, it, and there's a bit of an aha, a lot of the development, uh, self-help, whatever you'll call it, is focused on those things, right? The keto diets or this word, you know, CrossFit or whatever. Easy, ice showers, ice baths, whatever. It, it, Exactly, so we spend a lot of our time on uh, improving those things. Yeah, that's good. But if we haven't articulated and clarified our purpose, then the motivation on why we're doing those things is not rooted in what I believe authenticity. It's rooted somewhere else. It's in ego, it's in vanity, it's in popularity, it's in social. but if we, really understand that that purpose truly mm-hmm. and we feel it, now we know why we're taking the ice bath, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. we're We're doing it because it'll help us perform better inside of our purpose. We're not doing it because we want to live to be 150 and we think that would be a good thing, so I better do this for that reason. So that would maybe, if that makes sense, I don't know, I just yeah, kind yeah. of put it out there, but start with purpose, like really start with the purpose and let the other things just simply be the guide to you living it.
0: Yeah. Right. When I first started doing ice baths, the coach that we were working with, he gave us, I think we spent like probably three hours coming up with different things and coming up with that purpose. Yeah. And then before you get into the ice bath, we do the Wim Hof breathing. I don't, are you familiar with that?
1: No. What's that?
0: When we're done, I'll send it to you, but it's just this breathing exercise that kind of does something with your CO2 levels. Okay. But that way, when you go in, you kind of, you have this weird feeling, but before you you do the Wim Hof breathing, before you get into the bath, we have you um, say, whatever your commitment, your purpose is. So then when you're in the bath itself, you have to like repeat it. And it's like, you're in there for we try to set a limit for like three to four minutes at minimum yeah. yeah it's like you're in that for that reason i love it and that was that's, sort of like a mind change after that i was like yeah. okay I, I i used to think all this stuff was very like kippy like woohoo kind of yeah yes yeah. and then after that it was like it was a light switch that changed for me
1: i love that that's a great exact that's a great way to quickly explain what i you, you did it in 30 seconds took me three minutes <laughs> Uh, I love that. That, that is it. The what's why are you sitting in this bath in the first place? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why are you putting yourself through that on discomfort? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I imagine it helped you uh, last the three, four five minutes or whatever it was. Yeah, and
0: it, I used, I hate cold. I'm from Maine and I hate the cold after spending too. like whatever amount of time I was abroad. Now when I'm back here, it's like anything under 80, I'll have a coat on.
1: Yeah. I'm with like you I,
0: in the middle of the Atlanta, Georgia, lana summers my windows are open ac off i still sleep with like a shirt shorts and my windows are open under the blankets oh people, wow it's like a hundred degrees and people are like what are you hot blooded um hot-blooded. but thank you so much for your time today ted yeah. i loved what we spoke about if people wanted to find you reach out to you connect with you or even buy the book i can i'll include it all below but where should they find you
1: Great. Yeah. So the, the easiest way is, uh, you know, the name Ted Bradshaw, so www.tedbradshaw.com. All my socials are on there, but you'll find me LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok TikTok. I can't believe I'm saying that, um, to either Ted Bradshaw, you'll find, which is surprisingly a lot of TikTok. It's a Ted Brett for me, uh, Ted Bradshaw or Ted Bradshaw Co. I think those will be the two handles that use one of those and I'll pop up.
0: And then it's before awesome. we go for that, Ted, for the TikTok,
1: do you find it beneficial? Do you like it so far? So far, yeah. Like it's, okay. I'm, I'm amazed at the, the reach that's happening with it. I've been trying to tell people you have
0: to do it. I don't care about the age. Oh, I'm XYZ. I'm over 30. I can't do it. I'm like, just freaking yeah. just do it.
1: Yeah. It's but. been surprisingly, it, it goes for me, LinkedIn, TikTok. That's awesome. I'm going to follow you. I didn't know you were on there. I'm going to follow you right uh, after
0: this, but thank you so much for your time today, Ted. Um, We'll be in time.
1: Wonderful. Thank you very much. Thank you. Enjoyed it.